Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on The Fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. I got to say something. I, we got this Brewers-Tigers uh, game up. The Tigers are beating the Brewers 3-1. Tim Allen will be on immediately following the game like always. Actually, no, Tim Allen's off today. I take that back. Rami Makhlouf uh, is hosting uh, the Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show uh, coming up today, this afternoon, after this uh, Tigers what could be a Tigers victory, bottom six, they're up 3-1. I don't understand some professional teams. I really don't. When you are as drawing as bad as the Tigers are, attendance-wise, I mean, there are literally, when you watch them foul off balls or whatever, there are literally empty sections of seats. Is it still called Comerica in Detroit? Is that, is that still what it's called? Comerica? What is it called now? They changed the name of 500 It is times? Comerica Park. Yeah. It is, okay. And Comerica, Comerica Park is beautiful. Okay, like, now, it is It is a beautiful stadium. Correct. And I've been there. I've seen the, the Tigers play there. I've been to a few baseball stadiums, actually. Um, and I, I like Comerica. It's really nice. My favorite is, is uh, uh, what is it? Um, Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's uh, where I want to go. I haven't been there yet. That's my favorite. And I'm not a Reds fan, but that Reds Hall of Fame is on point that they have in Cincinnati. Uh, but yeah, Comerica is beautiful. This is what I, I don't get it. Like, So I, I'm going to use the Milwaukee Admirals as an example in this case, okay? So the Admirals, now they're in a much smaller venue than they were uh, being at Milwaukee Panther Arena. But I love what the Milwaukee Admirals do, and they do it once or twice during the season. I'm sure they're probably doing it again this year, where they bring school kids in for a game. It's like the school the school game or whatever, and it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, and you have all of these schools that do field trips, and they all get to go watch an Admirals game. For the love of God, why in the world, if I am the Detroit Tigers drawing nobody, and I've got an afternoon game going on at my park, why wouldn't you be trying, and maybe they have and nobody wants to go, I don't know, but why wouldn't you be trying to fill up every afternoon game with as many school kids and functions as possible? You have empty sections of seats, people. Like, you can just give them sections. You don't, like, for instance, 
I got an email today on group sales for the Brewers postseason, right? If you're interested in Brewers postseason tickets, all the group areas, you know, you'll be able to buy uh, for the playoffs or whatever else. You wouldn't even have to have special group areas for Detroit or Pittsburgh or any of these other stadiums that have nobody going to them anymore. Just give them sections. Hey, look, so-and-so elementary, you got this section. Tell me how many kids you have coming. Yo, it's so-and-so elementary, you've got this section. And again, let me specify. I'm not talking about high school kids. And I don't think I'm even talking about middle school kids. I'm talking about elementary school kids, right? That's who you want to get. Now, why do you want to get those kids in your stadium? Easy. Because if little Johnny goes to the Admirals game, let's say, and likes it, guess what's going to happen? Little Johnny's going to go home and tell mom and dad, we got to go back to another one of those Admirals hockey games. That was a lot of fun. We should go again. And little Johnny, if he's like any other kid I've ever met, is just going to persist and persist and persist until the parents bring him back to see another game. Any losing team that plays a game during the day should be doing that same philosophy that the Admirals do. And the Admirals aren't a losing team. They've won the Calder Cup and everything else. But it is a minor league hockey team, right? And it doesn't have maybe the same allure to some people as the Brewers, Bucks, or Packers. For me... You can't beat Admirals Hockey for just affordable family fun where you can go and have a good time, the kids have a good time, you have a good time, in-game entertainment's really good, like on point Milwaukee Admirals Hockey all day long, every day of the week. But they get it. Like, they do everything correctly. And if you're a team that's not drawing in the pros, you literally should go down and look at some of the minor league promotions that they do and put them in your park. It's just, I just shake my head sometimes at some of the things that are not done to attract people that are just ignored. Like, oh, we're professional baseball. We shouldn't have to do that. They should just show up. God bless Bud Selig. But when Bud Selig was here and he was running that team, you never had any of that other stuff that we're talking about. Yeah, you had bat day or whatever else. But you never, he never, when he was older, he never took the next step. It was more or less... We're Brewers baseball. Yeah, we're horrible, but it's still Major League Baseball, and this is what we're doing. And it really didn't take that next step until uh, his daughter was in charge, and she brought in Rick Schlesinger and Quinn. When those two came into Milwaukee at the end of the reign between her and Mark Antanasio taking over the team, that's when the promotions and the marketing really went to the next level to where it should have been the whole time. I mean, I, we'd scalp in me and Tim $5 diamond box seat to County stadium, five bucks. We'd sit behind home plate, two, three rows back for $5 because dudes that had all paid the money for them weren't going. And they were going to essentially just as we would call burn and they'd be sitting in his pockets, their pockets because nobody wanted to go to these games. Now we want to go watch losing baseball. And they did nothing to try and put themselves in a position to put butts in seats, to try to get other people. So what happened? You lost a generation of people. Or two generations, maybe, of people. When I was in high school, ain't nobody was a Brewer fan. People were fans of every other team. The Oakland Athletics were really good back then. People were Oakland A's fans. Bonds and the Pirates and those guys and the Braves. That's that's people room for. They were, there were a lot of Brewers paraphernalia walking around the hallways. No chance. Now you see Brewers gear everywhere because they did it right. The Bucks, they also have done things right as well. 
I mean, the new stadium, the Deer District, everything that goes along with it, they've also done it right. Now, you know, going forward here, Giannis really is the one and the main reason what's put them on the map for the young kids and everybody else. So they're not necessarily in a position where they have to do this. But before Giannis was great, same type of thing. Had to do the same type of deal. Had to do any type of promotion possible to try and put butts in seats. Sorry. I'm sure y'all don't care about Detroit Tigers baseball and empty seats, but it just annoys the hell out of me anytime I see a professional stadium that's that empty. Like, embarrassingly empty. What game was it the other... Was it last week? Somebody had an announced attendance. Announced attendance of 5,000 people at a professional baseball game. It's probably Tampa Bay. I don't remember. But it was 5,000 people. And I'm like, or 5,300, whatever. It was horrible. And I literally just got mad at it. I was like, that should never happen. It should just never, ever, ever, ever happen. Yeah, I- You can have Cub Scout outings, Girl Scout outings. I'll find charities that want a good kid tickets and bring people to these games and put butts in seats. We're never going to have just 5,000 people. There's no chance. And when you get, look, I'm not even make them pay. Free tickets. Here you go. All the way around. Free tickets. Everybody. Put them in seats. You want to know why? Because they're going to buy concession stand stuff. They may buy a t-shirt or a hat or something that goes along with it. And then eventually, if they have a good time, maybe they'll get somebody to come back with them. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking for the whole school idea, I wonder what the like Detroit public school system is like in terms of field trips with COVID. And, okay, and some in of this the instance, fine. Right. Fine. But but in other instances, you're 100% right. In any other year, that's you're right. Maybe because of COVID protocols, they can't find. But in most situations for the last 20 to 30 years of my life, this thing here with empty seats prevalent prevalent all over sports and still is and just doesn't have to be just does not have to be it drives just drives me crazy uh okay so uh, i want to talk somewhat uh about the bucks here i'll let you hear from ben fennel who's on earlier in the big show uh coming up if we have time between me and rami coming up uh at three o'clock rami's got some news now i don't know if you heard rami has some news uh, that he's going to announce coming up uh, at the end of this hour, I think. Or maybe he'll save it for his show. Either way, he texted me this morning all excited. I'm excited for him, so uh, stay tuned for that. So, Jim Paschke uh, out as play-by-play guy for the Bucks. Marcus Johnson, Steve Novak, as far as we know, still in place. Still good. Paschke, retired, uh, stepping aside. Fine. Then comes word... Uh, at the end of the season, that Ted Davis is done as well. They win a championship. Uh, he called losing basketball for years in Dallas and then in Milwaukee, 15-win season and all that fun stuff. I think that he had called a, was it a nine-win season in Dallas one year or two? So God knows, he's been through horrible basketball watching it. It's a play-by-play guy. So he's out too. He retired. Okay. So they have no play-by-play guys currently on the Bucks. There's been no announcement one way or the other of who the new play-by-play person is going to be on TV or radio. Now, speculation amongst fans is it's probably going to be Zora Stevenson who's going to end up with uh, the play-by-play gig on TV with Marcus Johnson because they ran her out there and tried her out or whatever. So I think a lot of people think that's what that's going to be. Whether or not it is, I don't know, but that's just who fans are thinking are going to end up with. They tried national people like us, Johnson. Don't think that really went all that well. Um, so I, I don't know if they'll go the national route again and try that hocus pocus or if they'll try to stay local or what they're going to do for radio and TV. But the Manning cast the other night 
on Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli and rotating in guests and everything else. I loved it. Gary Leroy weren't as down with it as I was. I don't think I ever asked Plucker whether or not he liked it or not. Plucker, did you watch that the other night on Monday night or no? I caught, like, I was watching on the regular stream, and then I was like, oh, I totally forgot about this Manning sure. cast thing. So I turned it on in the fourth quarter when they were talking to Russell Wilson. And I thought it was cool that they were bringing in different, like, players' perspectives because I, I remember it was late in the fourth quarter, and I think Derek Carr had just taken a sack, and Russell Wilson's like, well, we got to get half of it back here. And then immediately, like, Derek Carr throws a 10-yard yep. out and gets half of it back. And it was just like, what? That's, Dude, it's amazing. It, it's it's really so cool, good. that kind of insight where these – because it, it's, it's basically just what Tony Romo does on a regular broadcast, but it's three guys doing it instead of one, where you get kind of – the inside look at what a quarterback's thinking when they're on well, the even field. Even defenses and, and, and wide it, receivers. I mean, right. they were talking both sides of it. Like, the DB makes a mistake and what he did wrong and how he should have turned this cool. way instead of that way. Now, again, former player, you know all this stuff. So for you, uh, who cares? But for the fans who don't know everything, watching this was highly entertaining, going back and forth. And the great thing about it was Peyton was he was getting so emotional, like, putting his head down, leaning back in his chair, looking up at the ceiling on different plays, and he was really getting into it. He had nobody in this thing. It's not a team he ever played for, the Colts or Denver, so it didn't really matter to him one way or the other, but he was getting himself emotionally invested on each play, kind of what they were doing, good and bad. So I loved it, and I I, I tweeted out that night that th- this is what it should be for Monday Night Football now. It should be... Those two rotate in guests. Uh, now, I didn't turn it on until after Barkley because I knew Barkley was coming on, and I, no. So once Barkley was done, that's when I turned it on. So I I saw Kelsey. That was a little messy. There was some talking over each other, and they were trying to find their chemistry. Well, Russell Wilson was very good when he was on. Um, so that's what I would do. I would eliminate the play-by-play guy. I'd eliminate the ana- analyst. I'd eliminate sideline people. All of that would be gone. It would be these two guys in whatever locations they're in, you drop in three or four celebrity former players or whatever in there to talk with these two during the game. Done. Done. That, that And now you separate yourself from every other NFL game all weekend long. You now have something different. You now are special. That's how you try to get that thing back in the mainstream again where people want to watch this thing on TV. So for me, that's what they should do. Now, take that and move that now over to the Bucks situation where you don't have a play-by-play guy on TV or radio. Clearly on radio, you cannot do this on radio. That's going to have to be a legit play-by-play guy. On TV, you can definitely do this. And Plucker pointed this out before the show. You already got one former player there in Marcus Johnson already. So really, you would just need to find another one if that's something you wanted to do. Uh, or have Marcus Johnson and Steve Novak do it together. That's something you want to do. But the question that I have for you is this. What two former Bucks players would you want to see do similar to what the Manning cast was? Two dudes sitting, watching the game, analyzing it as the game goes on uh, and doing it from that perspective. What two former Bucks players would you want to see do this? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. You can also tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan football season is back, and the place to be to catch all the action and create your own sporting action is Q Club of Wisconsin. Not only do they have plenty of TVs to watch the games on, but you can play your own games in their huge entertainment game room. Indoor bocce ball, darts, ton of pool tables, ping pong, foosball, you name it, they got it going on at Q Club of Wisconsin. How about their food? Great food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday. That's today. Today is Wednesday. Wednesday and Friday, fish fries piled up. Ha! <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or QClubofWI.com. That's Q-C-U-E, ClubofWI.com for menu and updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. So, with Ted Davis and Jim Paschke out, and I'm really a big fan of uh, the Manning cast and how that played out, what two former Bucks players would you want to see do something similar to what Peyton Manning and Eli Manning did uh, and do that on the TV side. So it's, instead of giving Marcus Johnson a play-by-play guy, or lady in Zora's case, instead of doing that, would you prefer it be similar to what the Manning cast was, but with two former Bucks players? And who, if so, who would they be? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. And also tweet us at 1250 AM. I'll start. I got to tell you, I, I am very intrigued uh, by this concept. Now, I think one guy that everybody probably would be interested in would probably be Brandon Jennings, right? Bucks and six guy. Uh, he's at the parade. He's on the float chugging beers, taking his shirt off, parting it up, and all of that. Uh, so that might be a fan favor that people uh, would want to get down with and see. I, a big Brandon Jennings fan as well, I don't think Jennings would be the guys that I would be necessarily wanting to see maybe at the end of the day. I think for me, if I'm looking for two former guys, uh, one of which is a guy that, you know, I wasn't necessarily sad to see go because of everything that was going on behind the scenes, but uh, I think Ray Allen as one of the two guys for the Bucs is rather intriguing to me because, A, he's got history with the Bucs, obviously. B, he's a huge fan favorite. Uh, And C, you know, he he can speak to, you know, this league and what guys are running and so forth. He can speak from the shooting perspective, from the guard perspective. Uh, he's played against a bunch of guys that are still in the league. Uh, so I like that perspective of what Ray Allen can bring. 
if it was Ray Allen and Marcus Johnson, if those were the two guys uh, that were doing it, I think I'd be fine with it. Totally fine with it. And then you bring in some of these, you know, former players or maybe even current players, probably not current players because you're doing this more on a local level than national level. Uh, but now you bring in some of these uh, former players uh, from around the from around the league. I, I don't think it has to be current, or I should say former Milwaukee Bucks, that are the guests on the show. So you know, if Ray Allen, now I don't believe, I don't know if this is necessarily the case because they've had their issues, but if Ray Allen has guys with KG and KG agrees to come on, Kevin Garnett agrees to come on for a few minutes during a Bucks game uh, and talk or whatever, great. If Ray is is guys with Paul Pierce, uh, and he agrees to come. And Paul Pierce agrees to come on during one of the Bucks telecasts and talk with him and Marcus Johnson or whatever. Great, fine, because it gives you a different perspective and a player perspective. Not only that, not only would you get that, but then maybe you get some stories about Ray and said guy or guys from their time in the NBA and different things that happened and different matchups that happened and so forth. I love that idea. Just am a big fan from that perspective. Bringing back a former player, but a little bit more current of a former player that has relationships with guys that have played recently. I like the Marcus Johnson perspective because he's already here. He knows the guys in the locker room. He knows the coaching staff. He's a former player, and he himself can bring back guys from his era as well to drop in and be a part of the broadcast. So for me, I think those would be my two guys. I think I would go with Ray and Marcus Johnson. Those would be my two guys from a Manning cast perspective that I'd want to deal with with the Milwaukee Bucks. Who would it be for you? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The uh, whether or not Bucks fans are down with this or not. Uh, Soul Dog 69 tweets at 1250 AM. The fan and it's Sparky Radio. It says, Fred Roberts and Jay Humphreys. Now, I have no idea what Fred Roberts is doing anymore. Fred Roberts, for those of you that don't remember, was a forward back in the day. He always had like a, uh, almost like an army crew cut going on uh, on his head or whatever else. Uh, I was a Fred Roberts guy growing up, a fan, liked him. Jay Humphreys, a former point guard uh, for the Bucks. Him and Elvin Robertson were in that backcourt uh, together for a long time. Humphreys then went on uh, to be a coach, and I think might still be. I don't know... I'd have to look up where he is coaching now, if he is still coaching. For the longest time, Humphreys would coach um, at the NBA Combine. When I used to go to the NBA Combine, when it was down in uh, Chicago, and I went down to Orlando the one year it was in Orlando to watch all the draft prospects, he would always be one of the guys that would be a coach of one of the prospect teams that was playing one of the other prospect teams uh, year to year and trying to get his way in uh, to be a head basketball coach or whatever in the NBA. Uh, let's see here. Doo, doo, doo. Later served as the first head coach of the NBA D-League's Reno Bighorns. Jay last worked as assist coach for the Brooklyn Nets. So, again, Humphreys, I, I'd be fine with Humphreys. Because, again, from this perspective, he knows a lot of these guys, too. He's probably coached a lot of these guys at some point, whether it be at the draft camp or, or around the G-League or in the NBA or so forth. So that is... Uh, a guy that can relate to the current current guys, closer to Marcus Johnson in age, but I'd be fine with that. For me, I want somebody, if we're going to do this, somebody with Marcus Johnson that's played a little bit more recently. 
that's a fan favorite that people get down with that has relationships with guys in the NBA. That's what made the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Manning cast so special in my opinion because they both have relationships. They both haven't been out of the game that long with all these different guys that they know that would gladly come on and talk with both of them. And the chemistry that they both have being brothers is a big thing too. That's the one question that you know you'd probably have with this is you know who does who has that chemistry? Maybe it's Marcus Johnson and you bring in four or five you know former Bucks and you know do a couple of fake games or whatever else and see where the chemistry is and then go back to Marcus and go who'd you get down with the most? Who do you like the most in this role doing it with game in and game out? And then on those nights when Marcus Johnson is off because he doesn't do all the games on those games when he's off and it's Novak then it's Novak and whoever the guy may be. I, I think that'd be a, a pretty cool angle that you could have um, for these Bucks games that guys would get down with. And again, you can do it from anywhere. So Marcus Johnson, I bet you Marcus Johnson would be more excited about this than anybody because now he can be in California. He doesn't have to be in Milwaukee. He doesn't have to be traveling around the team all over the country. He can literally do it from an office in his house and have the same type of impact. And whoever's doing it for the Bucks. On the other side, the other player, he doesn't have to move. So wherever Ray is living, he can just do it from his house or wherever he may be, hotel room, wherever he is, because you can do it from anywhere. I, I To me, it's a no-brainer. Plucker, what do you, do you like that Manicast idea? Do you think it could work for an NBA team for a season? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I'm not 100% sure. It's different, though, because it's, it's an every-game basis for 82 games compared to, you know, just one game a week during the NFL season. Right. So, so how many guests can you really bring on in these situations and, and how much evaluation of every single play can you really do? Because yeah, you're like not going to get drawn up plays. Right, you're not going to get evaluation of every single play that I totally agree with because there's more nonstop action going right up and down the court and you would get some more stories and so forth going that on part in the would game. Be very cool. But you would have a lot of analysis in certain parts of the game for sure. The beginning mm-hmm. part of the game, they'd be really into it. Second and third quarters, probably guess in each quarter, maybe for a, a few minutes, not necessarily the whole quarter, uh, maybe up to a, in between commercial breaks or something. Uh, and then at the end of the game, the last five minutes of the game, you don't put any guests in there mm-hmm. and you get back to really analyzing what's going on in the game. I mean, just imagine the conversations that would right. be being had of, I don't kind of get what they ran that out of bounds play for. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look here, I mean, there's just so much more you can do. And it's not to take away from play by play, guys. It's just not the same thing. Right. And we've had, they did this on NBA TNT, right? They did the players only broadcast on on TNT, but they try to make these guys be play-by-play guys and do the traditional roles, which I don't think necessarily was all that successful. If you give them the format of what Payne and Eli did and just, look, it's the one thing I saw the most on social media about that broadcast was it felt like you were sitting in a living room with these two watching a football game. Which is cool. Right. That's what you want it to be, right? See, now the one person I think would be incredible had he not just gotten a coaching job and I know I'm probably going to get some some crap for this but I think Jason Kidd would have fit really well in there because he is like the high profile NBA player and I know all of the 
the scandals, I guess, that came out of his book. But he and Giannis still seemed to have a pretty good relationship. So he would be able to point at things and be like, oh, I taught Giannis this. Or, like, this is something that Giannis and I worked on a bunch, and it's been right. like, so great to see him develop. Because we have Giannis for another five years yep. now. So I think we, we would get that really interesting perspective while also having a Hall of Fame-level player who is younger, kind of like what we were talking about. That's great point. able to bring on different players and is well well known throughout the league. No question. And I think that would be really interesting. But, of course, he just got a head coaching job, so that's that's not really in the question. But in this hypothetical scenario, I right. think Jason Kidd would have been really interesting. No question. The only problem with Jason Kidd is that Bucks fans don't like him. That's that's the only hang-up there. Yeah, right. Well, and I don't know if he'd come back just to be uh, an analyst on TV, but you're right. He would provide interesting perspective. Uh, my buddy John just texted me. He said, Jared Dudley. Yeah, Jared Dudley's a guy that's well-respected, well-known, loved around the NBA. For sure. Played in the organization, loved by the fans uh, in uh, of this team. I think people would definitely get down with Jared Dudley uh, if you're going to put him there. Got a bunch of people uh, tweeting in. Paul uh, tweets at Sparky Radio says uh, Ray Allen and Michael Red would be his two guys. For me, I don't mind that. They're definitely two fan favorites. In my brain, and my brain's a little different probably, I'd want a guard and a big in my mind, right? A guard and a forward or something along those lines. Uh, they can kind of talk. But Ray and Michael Wright will both be very, very good. Both have connections still around the league. Both played in the league with a bunch of these different dudes and can bring in different guys to give their perspective. Because there has to be some type of, I think, fan favor to this. Th- that has to be part of it. If, if the fans can't get down with whoever it is, then that's going to be a little bit more difficult. Now, Ridgeway not. He goes, Kenny Norman and Tim Thomas. Uh, and then tweets back, you'd never know uh, if they would show up, though. Uh, well, okay, fine. Tim Thomas, uh, no, uh, you can't. I, I I like Tim Thomas. I, I can't trust Tim Thomas in this process. I'm out. Uh, Kenny Norman, I don't even know, like what what that dude. I don't I don't know where he is or what the deal is. Let me see if I put him in Google. What comes up? Uh, yeah, let's see. This is where is he? I don't know where he is nowadays. Still around. I just don't know what he's up to. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, maybe that's a, a possibility, I guess, uh, of, of a Kenny Norman. But, again, I just don't know if he's popular enough with the most people to know who he is. Kind of like Fred Roberts, Jay Humphreys. Us older folk get down with who these guys are. We watched them play. Younger folk, maybe not as much. Uh, M, uh, Mike uh, tweets at Sparky Radio, says, Glenn and Ray... Or Marcus and Sydney. Again, for me, I want a sample of both. So Marcus and Sydney would be really good. But if you remember, when Moncrief got to be an analyst, people were critical of Moncrief because he was too critical of the team and thought he was too negative. So I don't know if that would work with Moncrief or not. I don't know. Glenn and Ray would be interesting. Again, Glenn Robinson, don't know what he's up to. Haven't seen him in a while. Uh, so that would be another one that would be interesting. I think Ray Allen... I think he's the home run. Joel tweets at Sparky Radio. Steven Jackson and Larry Sanders is the one uh, that they said. Plucker, do you trust S- Steven Jackson and Larry Sanders to do anything? No. No. I, I don't I mean, did, I you, don't watch, trust them did you watch the Steven or the uh, Malice at the Palace documentary? No. Okay, because, I mean, Steven Jackson couldn't really keep his, like, um, his verbiage clean in that situation. Right. So well, he does that up in Smoke Podcast with Matt Barnes. Right, right. So just watch that. I mean, they're fine in doing that, but I can't have him 
No. No, I, I can't. Can not do it. Uh, La Flama Blanca. I hope I said that right. I hope I didn't screw it up. Uh, says, I think Jared Dudley and Richard Jefferson, if we're talking about smart players talking about the game instead of just people that we liked in Milwaukee. Richard Jefferson obviously already doing the national thing, so I don't know if you could pull him away from doing his national gig uh, on ESPN. Jared Dudley would be fun, you know, if he is wanting to do that when he's done playing uh, at some point. I'd be fine with Jared Dudley. Again, another fan favorite, loved around the league, would be all about it. Uh, Mike, Southside, I missed your uh, rap this morning, Mike. That's all right. I'll do it again tomorrow. Was, was it uh, was it popular? Did Bart like it? Well, I, it wasn't finished. He wanted a sample size. Oh, so you didn't do the full version of it? No, not yet. So do you have music with it and the whole deal, Mike, yeah, or what? Uh, background of uh, Ice Ice Baby. Oh, all right. A little Vanilla Ice. Your part got in. Your part got in. All right. All right, good. Uh, you know, I'm here. I'm... Si- I'm visiting a lot of darts being thrown at a dart board here. All right. So who did you come up we're with? We're talking about we're talking about play by play. No, I'm talking about eliminating play by play. I'm talking oh. about doing it like the Manning cast was on Monday Night Football. It's Peyton and Eli. They're watching the game and talking about it as it's happening. There was no play by play with those two guys. They were in two different. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, they I were in two that. different locations. So what I'm saying is, instead of replacing Paschke, forget it. Either keep Marcus Johnson and give him a Ray Allen or somebody else to do it with. They both don't have to go to the stadiums. They both can do it from their homes. They don't have to travel, so that saves a lot of money for everybody involved. And they both do it that way, and then you bring in like a couple of guests that come in and pop in on camera, uh, you know, maybe a couple of times a game throughout the season, and no play-by-play person. So what about the radio part? Radio, you have to have a play-by-play person, obviously. You have to find somebody to replace uh, Ted Davis. You? Uh, no, no. I've yeah, never done. I've never done. Family, you know, it's a lot of work. I've never done play by play in my life, and you. Well, anyway, that yeah, guy no. that did the final, Bucks and Six, uh, sad uh, third guy, was it Mark Jackson? Mark Jackson and Van Gundy. The other guy. The play by play guy. Yeah. What about him? He's really good. Yeah, but he's national. I just yeah. don't think you're going to get – I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think you're going to that get any know. of these national play-by-play guys to do play-by-play in Milwaukee full-time. Yeah. Well, I like Steve Novak. You know, I like him. I like Novak, too. Big Novak guy. Anybody Love Marcus Johnson. Gus Johnson. Anybody. I don't want a guy that cheers more for the other team. Correct. And see, that's where the issue is. Thanks for the call. That's a whole other thing that Mike brought up. When Wayne Larrabee got here – Doing the Packers. It was a national call. People were livid. Like, I thought the Lions scored because I heard Wayne Larrabee going crazy on a call. Wayne changed over the course of time, obviously. Ted, same thing. Ted Davis, same thing. That changed too. And he also, huge, one side or the other side. Good guys, bad guys. That was kind of the Ted Davis model. Yelling and screaming about referees. Aaron Sims on the Admirals. Yelling and screaming about referees. Good guys, bad guys. Those are the guys that I like. Those are the play-by-play people that I like, obviously. If you have two former players that played for the organization, that have some blood, sweat, and tear equity in this organization, that are going to pull for this organization, that's what you want. That's what made McLaughlin so good doing TV for all those years. That's what makes Euchre so good. You know, Euchre was his love and passion for this team and wanting it to do good and the storytelling aspect that Euchre brought. 
if I have two former players and they're doing this for the Bucks, I get storytelling and I get passion without having to try and figure out some play-by-play guy uh, or person, girl, whoever it may be, uh, and to act like they give a rip. I, I don't really want to go through that. I have no interest in going through that. I'd rather be just be something completely different that they don't do around the league, don't do around the association, and try something different. I think I'd rather go that way. Now, again, everybody may not like it, so it's it's a heck of an experiment to try if you're going to try it. All right, coming up next, uh, give you a chance to listen to Ben Fennell, who joined us on the big show earlier, part of the NFL Network, and of course now an NFL on CBS producer as well. Uh, he gets Buffalo. He was at Buffalo Pittsburgh last week, and now this week he gets Pittsburgh, uh, and the Raiders is the game he's at this week. So we'll hear from Ben Fennel coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, Rami Makhlouf, coming in for the Rami Show here at 3 o'clock. Also hosting the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show once this brewery game is done. Plugger, tell me if I'm wrong, but... Hasn't there been a run this year of when Tim Allen doesn't work, the Brewers lose? Hasn't that been a thing? Yes, it absolutely has been a thing. It's been a thing. Yeah, especially They're gonna lose recently. Again. They're going to lose again without him. Potentially. I, I don't think the offense got off the plane in Detroit because the Brewers' offense has been non-existent the last two games so far. No, they're not out of any game. So I'm going to... I'm gonna Technically, no. They've rallied back before. Correct. So we'll see. They're still... A little bit of game time left. They get one more opportunity, and they've done some magic in that ninth inning already this year. So we'll see. And it's also the Tigers. So, yeah. I don't know that Derek Hill kid though just kills him. I, I don't. I don't even. I don't even understand. But either way, I don't think he's that good. But he got him last night. And he got him again today for RBI. Uh, all right. So they're down four one. Uh, bottom of eight there. Ben Fennel, uh, NFL Network, uh, NFL and CBS producer. Very, very good. And he's had he's been all over the Packers on his female analysis on Twitter at Ben Fennel underscore uh NFL. Uh and we have him on each week on the big show at 1035 on Wednesdays, just like tomorrow. We have John Heyman on every week at 1035 on Thursdays uh from the MLB network and our RC MLB insider. Uh so here's Ben Fennel from earlier today. Great, great stuff. Listen closely. So Hero Ball is putting the pressure and a lot of the emphasis on the quarterback position, and it felt a lot like 2015, 16, 17, 18, Aaron Rodgers, where he 
has to make the offense move. He needs to make the big plays. He needs to create out of structure and make tight window throws. And it just really started to dry up towards the end of the McCarthy era. And you realize it, it works better with a complementary offense. And Matt LaFleur came in and tried to instill balance to this team and establish the run. And that's why I talk about it being a QB-friendly offense the past two seasons under LaFleur because you establish the run game and the pass game opens up off of that. However, hero ball is 50-plus dropbacks and putting the pressure on the quarterback once again, and I feel like that's what we saw on Sunday against the Saints. And I would agree with you, Ben. And we also saw a tweet that you had, I would believe, that's regarding um, who was that Steve, the defensive back? Uh, King. No, was it Savage or King? Uh, well, King blew the coverage. Right. Savage oh, had the interception. Savage, Savage was the tweet that I uh, – yeah, yeah, that Savage, tweet yeah. about his play, but how he looks. Can you explain that? So, Darnell Savage, I feel like, is a really interesting player because he has a, a lot of explosive traits. He has really good closing speed. He can click and close. He's a good top-down player. So, a lot of his big plays and coverage have been in that robber role where he gets to the middle of the defense and can break on passes. Does a great job reading the quarterback. However, playing on the back end, he just always seems to be a tick late in making his reads and passing off coverage. He struggles in man-to-man, and he's not this enforcing something safety. So he's not a physical presence. And when you need a safety to run the alley and finish a ball carrier or be an imposing presence on a defense from the safety position, which Joe Barry's scheme, the safeties are incredibly important in that cover four-quarter scheme where they're going to have to come down and run support quite often. I know Joe Barry had Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald on the Rams, but John Johnson and Jordan Fuller last year were two of the better safety tandems in the NFL. So I just don't really know where Darnell Savage can excel the best in this scheme and in the NFL. I think he's more of a nickel player, more of a true corner defensive back than a safety player. And I just see too many lapses, mental lapses, and then physical lapses on down-to-down plays with Darnell Savage. I don't have the snap count in front of me, but I saw it yesterday or the day before at some point. And Shannon Sullivan was the guy that they played in nickel uh, more than anybody else. So you're saying you'd prefer Savage there over Sullivan then? Just because I don't prefer him as a true safety position. I need him to be a more physical presence or be more savvy and instinctual in his zone and man coverage over the middle of the field. So I like when he blitzes. I like when we put him in that robber role. But I feel like those flash highlight plays really overshadow his down-to-down play. And that's why my tweet was a little contentious to some people. (laughs) It was. Because people think he's a star and a playmaker, and he has flashed star playmaking ability. That's why we took him in the first round. But the full body of work has a long way to go. What about this defense with Joe Barry? Is there really that much difference between what he's doing and what Mike Penton is doing at this point? No, and I've been saying that all summer. It's going to be a zone-based defense. You're going to try to keep it in front of you. You have to rally to the ball. But those types of defenses, you have to be physical. You have to be nasty. When you rally to the ball, you got to smash them when you get there. You're trying to get that ball loose, and that's the, the nature of the defense. But if you're playing deep, playing soft, and allowing completions and not smashing them underneath, that's how you allow nine play drives, 15 play drives, 15 play drives. And that's the way the Saints started last week. But the one thing I would say to Compacker fans, the Saints have the best offensive line in the NFL. Even when their center goes out, they're still the best offensive line in the NFL. 
that's a really tough unit. They're going to establish the run. They protected Jameis extremely well, and the Packers just had no juice or disruption to that offensive line or the pocket. Well, let's get to that real quick. Because I thought maybe three weeks ago, I know you looked at maybe the Tampa Bay Bucks defensive line, and with really without naming names, how many defensive linemen on the Packers you think can make that rotation with the Buccaneers? That's a great question. You know, I think a guy like Zadarius Smith would fit in really well there. But outside of Zadarius, I'm not sure there is a presence. Kenny Clark can play that Vita Vea role, but he won't be a guy that they see as a third down type of player. Kenny Clark isn't that versatile player like Indomitian Sue is or even a JPP over with the Tampa Bay Bucks. They are active. They are nasty. They are explosive. They're loose defensive linemen. They can play up and down. I just don't see enough disruptive players on the Packers defensive front outside of the Darius Smith. And I think that's what we're hoping Kenny Clark, you know, keeps developing into and Preston is obviously taking a step back. You're hoping Rashawn Gary can keep on his trajectory as well, but you need more disruptive presence and a disruptive philosophy with those players as well. And Todd Bowles, he wants to disrupt, 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 and he is not shy about doing it. I want to go back to uh, the beginning uh, of that football game uh, with the Green Bay Packers, uh, the the second drive, I guess, uh, of the game. Uh, And you really broke down that piece of tape as well. And you just said second drive for Packers offense, Saints 2D Packers use jet motion and get Dylan downhill and a little counter for six yards. Another six yards to the next play. LaFleur getting back on schedule then. Sack, pass, incompletion, punt. That jet motion uh, that they used there didn't seem like they used it a whole bunch the rest of the game. Is, is that one of the things that they need to use more of and more of that pre, pre-snap motion? I just want Matt LaFleur to continue his offensive identity. And it just <laughs> didn't feel like this was his type of game plan. It wasn't. And, and coming into the week, I mean, Gary, what does every team say in the summer? When they ask in that first team meeting, hey, what type of team do we want to be? Mm-hmm. It's very generic. Everyone says, physical, dominant, Mm -hmm. inside out, powerful in the trenches. Well, the New Orleans defense has backup defensive tackles in at the moment. They run a two-deep defense. There's no Malcolm Brown there anymore. David Onyemata, I think, is hurt or suspended or something. And they had eight runs through three quarters. That's not Matt LaFleur. No. So that second drive, I said, okay, he's getting back on track. Easy run for six. Easy run for six. If it ain't broke, don't, don't fix it if it's not broke. Keep running the ball. And, you know, whether it's that drive and them going a good run, good run, and then pass, pass, pass off the field, or whether it was Aaron Rodgers not taking those free underneath throws like he did all last year, the offense just wasn't operating like we came to expect after 2020. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I said the exact same thing on our postgame show. And today we're doing, uh, do you think the NFL has caught up? with uh, Matt LaFleur's offense? And my answer to that is no. I think what needs to happen is Rodgers needs to get back on time. He needs to take what the defense is giving him. If they're going to run maybe a two deep or they're going to keep that safety back in the middle, there's got to be a lot of stuff coming open underneath that he's just not maybe he's focusing on too much Devontae Adams or somewhere else, but there's guys open and he's just not playing on time. And my response to that, Gary, just like you said, no, the NFL hasn't figured out Matt LaFleur's offense. And if you're using that based off of week one, that wasn't Matt LaFleur's offense. I don't know what that was, but they're going to get back on track against Detroit. Week two last year, they ran for 259, the most rushing yards in 18 years by the club. 
And, Gary, later in the week, go watch the Detroit linebackers against the 49ers this past week. Jamie Collins, Alex Anzalone, they have a corner from Syracuse, rookie Afatu Melifonwu, as their dime linebacker. If it's third and six this week and he's that dime linebacker, <laughs> I might run the ball. So I want to run, 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 watch these linebackers, Gary. They were a mess last week. If Matt LaFleur is watching the tape, which I know he is, they're going to run the ball this week. You know, real quick, uh, we had Ross Tucker on yesterday, and he said he thought it might have been a mistake that Pitt left and then they hired Joe Barry with no real track record of winning football. You know, I agree there. I didn't think Mike Pettin was the problem. Now, maybe the players in his scheme and philosophy didn't necessarily mesh or gel with what he wanted to do. But I really like Mike Pettin's philosophy of keep it in front of you, zone coverage, rally to the football, make offenses go 10, 12 plays down the field. That's the formula in the NFL these days. And I had news for Packers fans all spring and summer to say, Joe Barry runs the same thing. They're going to give up easy catches underneath, hopefully keep it in front of you, and you have to rally to the football and stop the run. Now everyone's thinking, well, Kevin King's letting the ball go over his head. Well, there's some problems out there with personnel, so they might have to make some changes with people before the scheme. Ben Fennell, NFL Network, NFL on CBS producer. What game are you at this weekend? I'm heading to Pittsburgh. I got Steelers once again coming off the big win against Buffalo, and you got the Raiders coming to town. But that overtime win – Uh, this past week against the Ravens on Monday night. So they went into overtime and have a short week and have to travel across the country. That's that's a tough combo right there. That used to be a great rivalry game back in the day. No question. Steelers, Raiders, I hope we have some good packages of those old uh, 70s battles. I'm right there with you, Gary. That's awesome. Follow him on Twitter at Ben Fennell underscore NFL. Thanks so much, Ben. Yep, take care, guys. There he was, Ben Fennell. Catch him each and every uh, Wednesday at 1035 on the Wendy's Big Show. He's so, so good. Uh, this segment brought to you by Jim Dandy, South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Cheer on the green and gold Monday night. Free food at halftime, free touchdown shots, plus the best fish fry in town and nightly specials. Follow them on Facebook. That's Jim Dandy's South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Like I continue to say, new ownership, new great menu, delicious food. Uh, you, you'll like yourself some Jim Dandy's, no question. All right, Brewers games in the ninth. Right, run around, one out. We will have the Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin post-game show once that one is done here on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 